Hello, hello, hello. I am back and it's just me today. I feel like it's been a while since I've done a solo episode where it wasn't one of the minis or the Q&As. And so that's what we're going to do today. I'm really excited just to be able to share something that has been on my heart and mind because it's been a personal transformation for me, but I'm going to talk about how you need it too. And what that is, is stillness. Y'all, our world is like anti-stillness. It's how can you do more? How can you be more productive? How can we tackle things in the day? How can we fill up the hours of the day? Everything all around us tells us we need to be moving more and doing more, not less. But y'all, I got to tell you the power of stillness. So we're going to talk all about that today. Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, a licensed child psychologist and parental coach specializing in neurodivergent affirming care. I have supported hundreds of autistic children and their families and have been in the autism field for over a decade. And I know firsthand the impact autism can have. I was 12 years old when my little brother was diagnosed and my family had to learn how to navigate the autism journey. It wasn't always easy. Two decades later, I now create resources and services I wish my family had, including this podcast, and I developed the whole family approach. On this podcast, of course, we will talk about autism, but we will also talk about your personal growth and well-being as a parent, supporting your non-autistic children, and sharing personal stories of other families so you know you're not alone. Quick disclaimer before we jump into today's episode. Anything shared on this podcast should not be considered clinical advice, and you should consult with your team of medical, mental health, and developmental providers if you need support. But before I dive in, just some quick updates behind the scenes of my goal is to be starting to release more episodes than the one a week. It's just been a crazy time. (laughs) If I'm being completely honest with you, I actually went on a... It was a conference myself, but it was so focused on this idea of stillness. So I'm going to share a little bit about that. But coming back, catching up, I've had a lot of families, which I absolutely love, seeking out diagnostic evaluations, trying to get them all the information. Group therapy is up. It's running. It's been so much fun. I love being able to share in this way. It's really different. Once a week, we all hop on a call and it's like each parent is getting one-on-one support, but other parents get to learn in the process. And we have a community which is, is going, we're getting it up and going where you can ask questions there in between. Right now, you're a thousand percent able to ask questions. It's been a little quiet, but slowly, I think just getting comfortable with this new frame and structure and way of doing therapy that allows you to get instant access to a psychologist. You're not sitting on six months of wait lists. And so that feels really important. Actually, I'm redoing my website right now. And my website designer and I found a stat, really, she found it, is that on average, it takes 5.5 months to get in to see a therapist. And that doesn't even account for how long it takes to get the diagnosis. So this is my way of doing things differently. Y'all know 
I'm all about breaking status quo because it's got to serve you and your family. And I'm really passionate about this. And I just realized that group therapy was an incredible way to be able to do that, to make care a little bit more accessible. And right now I can practice in 40 different states. So information about it is linked below in the show notes. So you can always reach out to me for more information, or we can set up a free consult call to chat about if this would be a good fit for your family or not. So yeah, it's just been busy, but I hope in this kind of interim time, you're still getting one episode a week. So I'm hoping you're finding value from that, but go back and scroll back through different episodes and really see what all is there. Literally, by the time this is published, I think this is going to be episode 80. Yeah. So that is pretty crazy that 80 episodes, so much is there. So many incredible guests. And here's the other thing, y'all. I'm not running out of guests. Like I, I'm constantly getting into conversations where I'm like, oh my gosh, I want you on the podcast and being able to share different people's perspectives and what they think and what their area of specialty is. So if you have any recommendations of guests too, feel free, reach out, let me know. You can always DM me on um, Instagram or TikTok and we can connect there. But so many different episodes. But what was on my heart today? It's funny, I have a lot of different episodes that I still need to record. And all of them, their common requests, for example, what does autism look like in girls? I need to talk about the PDA profile, pathological demand avoidance. I There's just like different ideas that are coming up and those are super, super important. And I do promise those are to come. And at the same time, what I realized is Y'all, it's been a while since we've talked about you as the parent in all of this. And I just, yeah, I think it's really important that we continue to have conversations like this because this needs to be just as much a place for you as it needs to be a place for you to come learn about your child. So let's dive into this idea of stillness today. And I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I'm going to warn you. So many of you are going to resist this. And so you listening to this right now, you might be like, yep, I don't have time for stillness. And I want to just tell you a quick personal story before we jump into its application to you as a parent of an autistic child. As I have a private practice, it is growing, it's thriving, it keeps me busy. And what it's interesting, I left academia because I didn't want this life where I was constantly working. I also wasn't feeling fulfilled. And for a while, I really was finding this like work-life balance. And now I am not. (laughs) I'm being completely honest. Um, I feel like there's so much. I'm doing my clinical work, but then I realize like I have to put on my hat as a CEO. And there's all this other stuff that has to get done. And when I see patients back to back all day, I don't have the brain power and capacity then to basically do a whole nother role. And so I'm trying to find that right balance. And it's been hard to be honest with you. And so One of the things is this was, I'm trying to think, probably a year and a half ago at this point, I first discovered breath work. And I can't remember if I've done an episode. I definitely have talked about the experience. I don't think I've ever done a flat out episode talking about this though is, so it was 
yeah, I believe it was February of 2022. I did breath work for the first time. And that actually was when I got this very clear download that I needed to be sharing my side of the story, my story more and what it was like being a sibling and also talking about my family story. But what was really interesting, I left that breath work session, which I mean, I was like sobbing during it because I realized, yeah, the importance of this. But I also realized that I had lost my voice in this too, because I always said autism is my brother's story. That's his story to tell. And I know I definitely have talked about this. I had a really personal episode where I dove more into this. It is episode 16. I see you, my story in introduction to autism and why I chose my career path. I also did an interview with my mom later on as well. If you want to hear more about my story and all of that for the episode with my mom is 44, the the transforming power of autism on family dynamics, a personal conversation with my mom. So that's a little bit of the background if you want to go listen, but this breathwork experience, so incredibly powerful. And what's fascinating about breathwork, it's a certain pattern of breathing. And so you breathe twice in, you breathe in once to your belly and once to your chest, and then you exhale. And ideally you're breathing in through your nose and then exhaling through your mouth. But what's crazy about this, and I learned this in February, is that your body actually creates DMT. And DMT is the basis of psychedelics, but it's a naturally occurring substance in your body. And this breath pattern can basically get access to that kind of next level state that we don't experience on a day-to-day basis. And as well as it may sound, this idea of getting downloads through breath work is actually, there's a reason for it because you're tapping areas of your brain that you can't usually go into on a conscious level. And this is because, and I'm not going to go into all of it, nor do I know all the details, but the DMT helps you be able to access those areas of your brain. And so basically got this download. I needed to be sharing my story more. Did not do it right away because of fear and fear of being seen and talking about this, but also discomfort. How would my family think of this? All all these different things. And so actually, I don't even think it was, it might've been trying to think, I think I didn't have the conversation with my family. Yeah. Until December. And then a full year later, I ended up sharing. I'm pretty sure that was the timing. Time flies. I can't even, I don't even know where it went, but it's something like that. So anyway, I realized what a powerful process that breath work was for me. And this, I had been doing some coaching with someone and really focusing on myself. But then shortly after that, I think a little over a year ago, I started therapy and that has been really healing and just unlocking some of why I am the way that I am and allowing myself to heal. It's been this beautiful journey. So fast forward, I'm working a ton. I feel like I don't have space for all this self-care. So the one thing that I was consistent on because I just love it is working out. Working out for me is totally for my mental health. And so I was still good at that. And some of the reason being is it was a time block in my schedule. They actually sign up for a gym class. And then if I don't go, I get charged $10. So there's like this punishment aspect if I don't go. So I was still good with that, but everything else was, had gone by the wayside. 
And listen, y'all, like I know the importance of this and it still was hard to make time, but it's really interesting. I started to feel some patterns of burnout, which I've talked about when I, I decided to reduce the number of episodes of that being one of the reasons I was reducing the number of episodes per week. And so started to feel burnt out and just like knew in my gut, like I had to be doing less to do more. I had to slow down. And I think that this is really undervalued in our society. And so it's really hard too, because you're going to get all this input of how you need to do more. You need to make more money. You need to be always improving yourself. You need to be the best mom. You need to be the best or dad, or you need to be the best partner. You need to be the best for everyone. And that means constantly improving. And I was subjected to feeling that way. And there's some reasons, which I'm not going to get into right now, that I've learned about myself in therapy, exactly why this is. I by default, I'm a fixer, a helper. I love being able to step in and do things really well and help people fix situations. I'm really good at it, like incredibly good at it, which is why I'm in the field that I'm in. But I also realize that there has to come balance with that. And so I knew that I needed to slow down. The really ironic thing is I had signed up for this conference and So I initially got connected to this woman. Her name's Melissa Hanalt through LinkedIn. She had this academy to learn LinkedIn. That's how I got connected with her. And her whole story, I'm not going to go into it too much. You can go search her, Melissa Hanalt, but her company's called Burnout to All Out. And basically she was making tons of money and realized like, one, she had made seven figures in her business and still was in the red. She wasn't sure how she was going to pay her employees. And also she was so burnt out. And what she realized is by slowing down, having this stillness, it actually catapulted her business to an insane degree. But now she hosts these conferences. And so I'm in this LinkedIn Academy And I hear about this event and the first event had just happened. And I was like, oh, I want to go to the second one. It was in Nashville. It was so much fun, but I just bought the ticket on a Black Friday sale. I was like, okay, we're going to do this. Not knowing why. Fast forward, the conference is coming up. The really funny thing too, actually, I should mention this. So I just had bought a general admission ticket, but being in this LinkedIn Academy, I really, they are a great crew, Melissa and her team. And I had said, are there any more VIP tickets? And they weren't, they were sold out, but then one came available because someone couldn't come and they were like, do you want it? And I was like, yep. I just followed my gut. I was like, yep. So I, I upgraded to the VIP ticket. So anyway, I have this ticket, but I don't really know why I'm going. Why did I say yes to this? I really wasn't sure. And I think this is one of the things is sometimes we need to say yes because our gut tells us to, even if it doesn't logically make sense. There was nothing logical about why I was going other than I was like, I said, I want like more in-person connections and networking. That's why I'm going. But that's, yes, that's what I got out of it, but it wasn't the main thing I got out of it. So anyway, I, I knew 
by the time I got there, I knew exactly why I was there. It was this idea of slowing down. And it was this message over and over. And she brought in, she did a breathwork session. She brought in someone to do a sound bath. She brought in people talking about nervous system regulation. She brought in the creator of the mastery app. And this is actually what I'm going to talk about is what I do daily now is the mastery app. It's a breathwork app. So Francesca developed it and she brought her in. It was so incredible. And while I could spend an entire episode talking about this experience, what I want you to take from this story is I realized the power in slowing down. Now, let's rewind real quick. This is actually really crazy. So if y'all remember a while ago, I had someone on the podcast talking about human design. Her name was Allison Cullen. It's episode 38, Redefining Autism Parenting Through Human Design with Allison Cullen. And I had discovered human design. How did I discover human design? I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I think I just kept hearing about it. But finally, I was like, okay, I want to understand this more. Um... I think I had followed Allison and wanted to learn more. And so then I did got my human design. I did a reading with her. And I remember, I actually need to go back to the recording, but I remember her telling me that one of my gifts was to teach other people about stillness. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. And I also remember her telling me, Taylor, it's okay if you have to learn it in the process of teaching it. And that is what this podcast episode is about today. I am not an expert in this. I will never be an expert in this, right? Because I think this is part of the growth journey is we are constantly evolving and growing and bettering ourselves. And there is no like level of expertise that you can reach, but I am in the thick of this right now with you. So this Nashville event was just a couple weeks ago. And so one of the takeaways was, wow, I need to slow down. And so I came home and I committed to two things. One, I looked at my schedule and I rearranged my schedule. What I realized would optimally work for me. And in my schedule, there is a lot of time that nothing is scheduled. And I remember them saying at this conference, you have to create moments for magic to happen, for things to really be unlocked. And I was like, wow, that's so true. If we're, our schedule is filled, we don't actually get to experience life and we don't get to see the magic that's created. And so I'm going to talk about that, how that applies to you in a second, although your brain might already be spinning of, oh, wow. Yeah. Number two was I committed to daily breath work. And like I said, I use the mastery app. It's M-A-S-T-R-Y. I do know, I believe they have a free trial. You can check it out, but listen, You might do this the first time and you're like, no, I can't do this. This is so uncomfortable. So we're also going to talk about what other practices of stillness that you can bring in. And those are two things that I have committed to is slowing down. And what I realize is by blocking off more time that is absolutely just for me and is that I am able to be a better clinician for the families that I'm working with because I know internally I'm getting what I need and I have more to give. And yeah, sure, it's so easy to pour into yourself before you pour into others, like such a cliche thing. But there is this energetic element to this that we don't talk about. So let's start there. Let's talk about this energetic piece. 
Real quick, just a brief interruption, because I want you to know you don't have to navigate this journey alone. If you're in a place where you have concerns about your child's development, you've been on the search for a therapist that provides evidence-informed neurodivergent affirming care, or you're needing more support as a parent, the whole family approach may be a good fit for you. Autism doesn't just impact your child's life, so you deserve care that works for your child and your whole family. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary call where we can chat about your unique circumstances. We can help you decide if Dr. Tay concierge clinical care would be a good fit for your family. And if not, we will provide you resources for your next best steps. Number one, there is energy all around us. And ultimately, how we use that energy is up to us. And energy is constantly created and it's constantly used. And so it's easy to be like, I just should be doing things for other people. It makes me feel good. But one of the questions becomes, if you are constantly outputting energy to other people, how are you creating it internally for yourself? And yes, I get so many parents, particularly parents of autistic kids, are saying, I don't have time or that feels really selfish. And it's one of these things, though, that our body gets into a death deficit. If we're constantly pouring out, but we're not creating that energy internally for ourselves, we can survive, but it's a short period. And this is where burnout happens is you start to expend more than you truly have to give. This is also where your body can start to react to this. And I'm experiencing some of this right now. If I'm being honest, I have a lot of fatigue that is coming up. I'm seeing a lot of differences in my blood work, which are not ideal. My cortisol has been so high. My B vitamins are tanked and I'm seeing this. And the difference is this time I've hit burnout before. I recognized that I was about to hit burnout and I decided to change it. So I can say that I'm grateful that I am not in burnout right now and I'm being really intentional. But when you aren't creating this energy internally, it's pulling it from other sources, so to speak, in your body. And this is where, you know, you can have health problems and This is what they talk about, the mind-body connection. And again, for some of you, this might sound so woo-woo, but you actually, if we think about it, not as this abstract thing, but actual energy, what happens? And so it's like putting gas into a car that's converted to be able, the car to drive. And then what's really interesting is we need to stop and refill. And we will see that little gas sign come on. We know I know from firsthand experience, you can keep driving after that. You actually can drive quite a number of miles before things are completely drained. But that indicator is telling you, wait, it's time to refill. And that's what I feel like happened for me. I'm not in burnout. My car did not run out of gas, but the indicator light is on. And I kept ignoring it for a little bit until I was like, wait a minute, I can't run out of gas. So that's the question I want to ask you and to have you reflect. Is your gas indicator light on right now? Are you close to running out of gas? Are you constantly wondering if you're going to run out of gas? This is a sign to stop and pause. This energy has to come from somewhere. And when it no longer can come from somewhere, your body stops, you tank out, you crash. This is what burnout is. It is a very real phenomenon. 
And you got to find those times to stop and refill. And so what often happens in the autism parenting journey that I see is that parents will do it when they absolutely have to, and they'll get just enough to restore themselves. Maybe it's finally you ask for help and you're like, I need sleep. Just handle everything. I need sleep, whether this is your partner or a parent or whoever you end up doing that. Right. And you do refill, but you haven't changed that pattern of behavior. And so each time you're getting closer and closer to that burnout period. So that's number one to think about is energy. Number two is nervous system regulation. Y'all, this has become such a passion for me on both the working with autistic children, but also on myself level and yourself level. So we talk a lot about sensory regulation with our autistic kids. So you might be working with an occupational therapist to talk about this, but one of the things a lot, I actually just posted a TikTok video that is doing really well of talking about how as adults, we naturally use movement to regulate our system and that we need to be promoting that in our autistic children too. Why are we not allowing them to move? Why are we telling them sit down, stop wiggling, all these things versus that's their natural way of regulating their system. So love talking about it on that side. I probably should have an entire episode on that. I episode 18, we did talk about it, sensory processing with occupational therapist, Dr. Sam Goldman. So that would be a start to look into, but let's talk about it for ourselves. How often are you intentionally regulating your nervous system? I would guess that it's pretty rare. And what I do here, and I was good at this, it's okay. Yeah. Working out. Right. Okay. That's a good start. And like I said, movement is incredible, but It's also one of those things of how often are we actually intentionally regulating our nervous system? I tell parents all the time, imagine your child's body has this huge jug on it, in it, right? And constantly things are being put in it. And these are often the things that are dysregulating for your child. A lot of them are sensory related, but basically things are adding on. Something's too loud. The the tag in their clothes is itchy. And then they're getting told they're doing something wrong and their bucket fills. And this is often where we see meltdowns and just complete dysregulation and overwhelm is because there was too much input. Their bucket filled and we didn't figure out how to drain their bucket. And again, draining their bucket, really helpful through movement and regulation and all of that sensory regulation, and also helping to validate their communication and support that. Guess what? This bucket idea, this jug idea isn't specific to your child. You have a bucket inside of you. You might not have the same sensory sensitivities that your child has, although maybe you do, but things are still getting added in. You're being told You have to balance all these things, the mental load that's filling your bucket, right? You, your kids are screaming. That's filling your bucket. Your child has a meltdown. That's filling your bucket. All of these things are still filling your bucket, even if you are able to get through them. And maybe your jug is bigger and so you can handle more, but at some point we have to intentionally drain your jug. And so when you do something like say, I need help and you go take like a self-care day, yeah, you might be draining it, but we might not be getting it back down to baseline. And we're not doing that daily maintenance that is needed in order to keep it at a lower level as well. So All of this is to say, 
that this is really important. And again, I know that there's at least one of you right now that's going, oh, this is dumb. Actually, probably that person has turned it off by now, the podcast off by now. So if you've hung around, thank you for your open-mindedness on this, but I know that it's really hard. And so this is where that idea of stillness comes into play is what I am realizing through my daily breath work. And again, I'll touch on at the end of the episode, different ways that you can do this is that taking, I literally, the breath work is 22 minutes and taking that every day. One, I get, I have so many downloads, so many, so much creative inspiration. I feel like so much clarity. I know what to do. I know where to go. It's actually incredible. But I'm also realizing I don't miss these 20 some minutes in my day that much. And that the time I'm putting towards that is so much more restorative. And I feel so much more energized and aligned by taking those 20 minutes to do that versus just working. And trust me, I still face the resistance, but I think because I just committed to myself, I was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And I know I can do this. I can give 20 minutes in a day and maybe for you, 20 minutes is too much. And that is okay. It doesn't need to be this 20 to 22 minute thing. It is really powerful. And I can tell the difference in my body. I feel calmer. I don't feel quite as on edge. And when things come up that are hard, I do feel like I have a little bit more clarity in navigating them. So let me give you a really real life example of this. So say your child just got diagnosed and you know you need to enroll them in all these different therapies. You're being told they need to do ABA, they need to do occupational therapy, they need to do speech therapy, you need to get them an IEP at school. You're being told that oh they should do these services at school and outpatient. Oh, but also make sure that they have all the tools that they need at home. I'm just literally I recommend these things to people all the time. And it's a lot. Your nervous system instantly starts to become overwhelmed because your bucket is filling. You're trying to juggle all of this. Mind you, life did not stop. You still have your children to take care of. You still have the household to take care of. You, you may still be working. There's so many other things that you are still taking care of. And it's so easy to jump into action mode. What I find through something like stillness and breath work is it actually gives me time to think. And so this might be the thing of you're being told you have to do all of this, but if you could have a practice like stillness, one, you're draining your jug so that you have more capacity to give, but two, I guarantee you're going to start, especially once you learn how to trust it, which is a whole thing in itself and reprogramming that like your gut does know best and to listen to that, it, it comes from human design, which again, go back, listen to that episode. That mind, that episode was mind blowing. But what you'll realize is that you're going to have a gut feeling. What am I supposed to do first? And then you're going to be able to go and execute that. That is called intuitive action of knowing something's right and you go take action. And there's going to be a lot less resistance there because you know that it's right and you go and you focus focus on that one thing, but we're not coming up and doing all this cognitive work of being like, what's the best thing? What, what should I do first? What call do I make all of that where you end up overthinking it, which is exhausting and spending so much energy on that. You don't actually take action. This intuitive action says your body knows best. Listen to your body. Go take that action. 
And I will say firsthand over and over again, I've had that experience. Actually, intuitive action, deciding to record about stillness today, this is intuitive action right here because I just knew someone needed to hear it. So that's number one. And so that's a really essential part of this. Now let's talk about what stillness actually looks like. So for me, like I said, it's doing daily breath work. You could also do things like meditation, the calm app. And for so many of you, you're going to feel a lot of resistance doing this. It's going to be really hard to relax. And what I want to tell you is number one, any of this is a practice. It's not, you're not going to be able to pick it up and all of a sudden have mastered it. So I actually had a conversation with my friend recently about this. She's, it's so hard for me to drop in. And I was like, yeah, that's because it's a practice. You need to keep practicing and doing this over and over. But we also had this conversation how stillness was incredibly hard for her because of this high achieving personality. And I have that. So I understand. And so sometimes too, she's like, well, when I walk, I get creative downloads. And I'm like, that is amazing. And so maybe for you, you need to start there where it's just a quick daily walk. Maybe you just walk around the the block. That's all you need to do. But what I also challenged her to do, and this could be that next level, is sometimes, and my therapist called this out for me, she said, Taylor, you always seem to have to be doing something in order to experience the benefits of nervous system regulation and this quote unquote stillness idea. It wasn't stillness. I love working out. And that's a huge part of my like self-care toolkit, but it's not the same as this. I also would go on walks and I really love walks, but usually I'd listen to a podcast on my walk. Again, got amazing things that come out of that, but that's not actually slowing down. And so what I want you to think of stillness as is almost where you're disconnecting from the world is it's this moment to really go inward. And yes, I'm still doing something. I'm still doing breath work. I'm still listening to the guided meditation and all of that, but it's allowing me just to focus internally on what's going on. And so it might look like that for you. I will tell you the mastery app. I'm not getting anything by telling you about this. I just have found it really impactful. They do have, and I actually had to start here when I first started trying to do more consistent breath work, there's eight minute options as well. So maybe you only go at this for eight minutes, but the calm app is a really good one. I think there's one called headspace. You also can go on YouTube and just like Google this type of stuff as well. So keep that in mind. Another option might be journaling. So yes, you are doing something, but what I find about journaling is like your head is looking at the paper. You're still tapping into that internal state. It also just might be sitting outside with a cup of coffee, sitting in silence, doing absolutely nothing. And y'all, I'm going to tell you something. The impact of one to two minutes right now is all you need. I promise you. So can you create one to two minutes a day? Maybe this is setting your alarm five minutes earlier to get up before the kids, or maybe it's allowing them to get on screen time so you can go and sit. Maybe for you too. Okay, here's another example. Get into the shower. You got a shower, right? But instead of rushing through and being like, how quickly can I get through this? Maybe it's just standing under the water and just sitting there, standing there or taking a bath. Can you also just mindfully be present in what you're doing of, okay, I'm washing my hair right now. Oh, there's a lot of bubbles and slowing your thought process down, focusing on being here and now and not in the outside world. 
I know that this is going to be impactful for you. The other thing is, I know that this is really hard for you because as a parent of an autistic kid or a parent who has concerns about autism, you're the problem solver, you're the helper, you're the fixer, you're the jumper inner. You're the one navigating this all. You're the one trying to figure out how your kid's brain works, how best to support them, what services they need. You're the one having to connect with the teacher and advocate for your kid. You're the one that is having to push back against your pediatrician, potentially. You're the one that's doing it all. And so, and you're doing this on top of everything else, right? And you love your child. You do anything for them. But you are the person that needs this stillness more than other people. Honestly, you need this stillness more than I need this stillness. And here's the thing. Here is the damn truth of all of this is I know I need the stillness. I know I'm worthy of the stillness. But what I'm going to tell you is you need it even more. So with all of this input coming in and spending all this external energy, how do you like empty your jug inside of you? Stillness, that's your solution. And it doesn't need to be complicated. What I'm going to warn you, you're going to maybe feel inspired from this. That's the goal. Don't go and create this complicated practice. I cannot tell you how many times I have created a morning routine that I want it to look like this. And it included everything and everything. It was too much. I could never stick to it. So the other thing that I do is I do block off my time for stillness in my calendar. And, but it varies by day. And sometimes that even that will get moved. Like this morning, I think I was supposed to do it. I haven't done it yet, but I know I will do it. And there's times late at night where it's almost time to go to bed. I'll take the extra time. It's that damn important. Okay. So don't over plan this. I want you to start with something really simple. Can you just sit there and maybe you don't even need a, an app to guide you through this. Can you just sit in your seat and think about sitting in your seat and how your butt is planted in the seat? Where are your feet right now? Let's actually do this together, okay? You're listening. You might even be on a walk and you absolutely can still do this too. But are you sitting in your car as we're listening to this podcast episode? Are you cleaning the dishes? So what I want you to think about right now is where are your feet? For me, I have one foot that is on the leg of the chair and the other is on the seat of the chair. I can feel that pressure. Maybe you have both feet on the ground. Maybe you're sitting crisscross. Where are your feet? Can you notice the bottom of your feet? Do they have pressure on them? Do they not? Do you have socks on? Do you have shoes on? Are your feet bare? What temperature are your feet? Are they warm? Are they cold? Now, I want you to notice all five toes right here. Notice the big toe. And then each of the toes next to it, maybe they slowly go down in length, but can you wiggle them? Can you feel them? Notice your feet. And notice right now how weird it is to think about your feet. It feels so strange. Why are we spending time on this podcast thinking about our feet? Yeah, it feels strange because you're not used to being in the present moment. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it some elaborate thing. Sit and pay attention to your feet. 
sit and pay attention to where your butt is seated. Sit and pay attention. Maybe you just stare out the window for a little bit and and allow your brain to drift off. Start with something simple like that. It has to be intentional though. Don't be like, oh yeah, I'm already doing this. I zone out all the time. No, that that zoning out, I'm going to tell you, that is the, the gaslight coming on saying, hey, you need to slow down. I'm going to force you to slow down. I want you to be intentional about it and say, I'm going to do this right now because I deserve this time. Start slow. And as you gain some momentum, and maybe you already do this, look into Can you do some sort of guided meditation, visualization, body scanning, or like I said, breath work with the mastery app, because you're going to start to connect to yourself even more. And I do promise that discomfort and your brain wandering does start to fade. Although there are some days I sit down and I'm like, this feels so long and I can't sink into this super normal. There's other days I sink right in instantaneously. Remember it's a practice. Remember that environmental things are going to change it. The point is that you do it. The point is that you stick to it. All right, y'all. That is a wrap for today's episode. I hope you take from this that I shared my story at the beginning to let you know that I'm in this with you. But this word stillness just keeps coming up over and over again. And then thinking back to that conversation with Allison, the human design person who did my reading of I'm meant to share this with the world. And that's what I'm doing today. I'm following my intuitive action to share with you. And I invite you to start to create this for yourself and to realize you need this and you're worthy of this. All right. I will see you back here next time. Before we wrap up this episode, for real this time, I want to share a couple ways you can get even more value and what your next steps could be. First, join the Evolve Facebook group. We do Q&As about the episodes and so much more. I linked that group, my personal social media pages, and any resources I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. So scroll down now and join me online. When you submit questions on any of my pages, your question could be featured on this podcast. How cool is that? I love being able to speak on topics that feel directly relevant to your life. Your questions truly make a difference in the content we create here. One last thing, do your fellow autism parents a favor. Share this episode on your social media and tag me. Autism currently affects one in 36 families in the United States and many more worldwide. So I'm sure there is a parent in your social media followers that could be served by this podcast. Thank you again for being here. And I'm so grateful we shared this time together. Bye y'all.